I'm Mari Cohen, and I am Associate Editor at Jewish Currents. Today, we are bringing you a special podcast about an unlikely subject, The Bachelor franchise. This season, contestant Ariel Frankel, a 28-year-old marketing executive from New York City who made it to the final three before being sent home last night by Bachelor Zach Shalcross, has made waves by bringing a rare splash of Jewishness to the show, talking openly on camera about hailing from a Ukrainian Jewish immigrant community in New York. I will admit that normally I'm not particularly interested in basic conversations about Jewish representation in media, which often feel played out and disconnected from material political issues. But in the case of The Bachelor, we have a show that has particularly leaned in to displaying traditional American Christian culture in a way that creates myriad contradictions within the show's format itself. And so to see a contestant feeding The Bachelor gefilte fish does feel legitimately unusual and like there's something to talk about there. So I invited a few guests to On the Nose this week to talk about what to make of Ariel's very Jewish run on The Bachelor. Today I have with me Hannah Schreier, a PhD candidate in history at Yale University and organizer at Tight Lipped, which is a grassroots movement by and for people with chronic vulvovaginal and pelvic pain. Hi. And Hannah first got me hooked on watching The Bachelor when she was my roommate a few years ago. And we have Zandra Ellen, a producer at Pineapple Street Studios and a devoted member of my Bachelor group chat. Hey. And Jewish Currents fellow Dalia Krukovich, who also comes from a Russophone Jewish community in New York and so has been gamely dipping her toe into Bachelor culture for the sake of this podcast episode. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today for this groundbreaking Jewish Currents Bachelor crossover event. Mari, do you mind explaining like what the actual format of the show is from the start until the end? Because some people might not be super familiar. Yeah, basically the, the show alternates between having a bachelor and a bachelorette. So when it's The Bachelor, which is the season that we're on now, it starts with about 30 women, all typically like extremely beautiful, thin epitome of beauty standards. And they kind of come and meet this bachelor. And then 12 weeks go by. And each week, The Bachelor goes on group and one-on-one dates with certain women to like get to know them a little bit more and do challenges and they kind of have to open up to them about their experiences and he starts to develop certain relationships and in each week he gives out a certain number of roses and the women who don't get roses are off the show and have to go home and the idea is that at the end he's finally deciding between two women and then he proposes to one of them also most of the time the engagements don't work out so I think that there's one bachelor who has actually married and stayed with the person that he proposed to there's a few more bachelorettes. And the other thing that will be relevant for this episode is that when there's four women left, they do like a hometown episode where they go visit and he meets each of their families. Also, just to add to what's been happening in recent years is that social media fame has also become part of the show in that like if you make it longer into the season, you're more likely to get a bigger social media following and possibly become an influencer full time. And this like ecosystem of the Bachelor franchise where they all are friends with each other, they hang out with each other. It's like this really interesting, almost popular kids club that is quite bizarre. So I think it would be helpful for us to talk a little bit about the background of The Bachelor for maybe for people who aren't as familiar and how it's typical relationship to Jewishness and American religion, Christianity culture is compared to the kind of Ariel's run in this season. Yeah, it's incredibly, incredibly unusual for us to see someone talk openly about Jewishness on The Bachelor franchise. Christianity is very much a part of this show, if not explicitly, then implicitly. You do see a lot of people on the show talk about their quote-unquote faith, which does mean 
Christianity. It does not mean Jewishness. And in fact, in the past, when contestants have been Jewish, that element of their identity has typically been, if not actively suppressed by production, as Jason Mesnick recently came out and talked about, then kind of just like subtly glossed over. So Jason Mesnick, who I was referring to, was The Bachelor season 13. He was the first Jewish bachelor. There had before him been a Jewish bachelorette. And he has spoken openly about the fact that producers made him not talk about his Jewishness and he had a televised wedding and they didn't let him break the glass <laughs> famously. So this show's relationship with Judaism has been, I think that fraught's the wrong word because it's really not an existent part of the franchise. Yeah. I think the Bachelor franchise for the past 27 seasons has been the cultural arm of like white Christian heteropatriarchy and specifically in the last 10 years has really, really leaned into that. So when we're talking about like the Christianity that laces through the show, we're also talking about references to purity culture, references to a type of Protestant Christianity that is particularly American, is often pretty Aryan, lots of blonde women with blue eyes. Discussions of sex and virginity are often common. A lot of contestants go on the show as virgins, and that's one of their plot points, and often that's related to their Christian identity. And so in a lot of ways, this is a show that's also like really a lot about whiteness. And I think it's a really interesting way to think about Ariel's own racialization in the show as this like alabaster white Jewish woman who is like a Jewess kind of. She's mysterious. She's hot. She's very like um, poised. She's funny. And she looks physically very similar to one of the other finalists who has dark black hair, straight hair, and is very pale. And yet there's something really weird that they're doing around her being exotic and being like sensual and othered in this really particular way. And the other thing that I would just add to that in terms of the like racism that happens in the house and the racist politics that we sort of see play out on the show is that these are all moments that are exploited by the producers as essentially scripted drama. We've seen this in essentially every season where they have like gone to pains to like demonstrate that they are trying to be quote unquote diverse. They will exploit the contestants of color to turn their stories into drama and to turn racism towards them into drama. Maybe we can get into specifically Ariel's hometown date because I think that's helpful for kind of understanding a little bit about how her arc on this show played out. So the background is that she had kind of brought up being Jewish a little bit before she got to the final four and had Zach meet her family. And also one thing to say is that like Zach, the bachelor on this season, is kind of just like the most like boring, average, all-American dude. He's not one of like the particularly Christian born again virgin type of contestants that they've had, but he's just like very white bread. You know, seeing him and Ariel together is actually quite funny in that way. And so that's that's who he is. And then basically in this episode, the hometowns episode, well, the episode before she kind of says, you're going to be able to meet my family. And she talks about how she comes from this Ukrainian Jewish family in New York and just mentions coming from, I believe, a tight immigrant community. And she does like a little imitation of her dad's accent saying that he like didn't want her to 
come on the show because he thought there were going to be orgies there. So she does kind of introduce him a little bit, but like there's not much about it. And on the Hometowns episode, she basically brings him on a day in New York City. She takes him to Washington Square Park. They get pizza. And then one of the big moments is that they go to a Jewish deli and they eat cow tongue sandwiches. And they eat gefilte fish, which Zach seems to like. But it's peppered with a lot of comments of Zach being like, Ariel's unlike anyone I've ever dated before. We're from very different backgrounds. So there's a lot of kind of that. There's a sort of exotification. And then they go and meet her family. They like meet at Brooklyn Winery. And then this was kind of this like interesting thing where Zach is speaking to Ariel's brother, who's like pretty intense and protective and kind of grilling him. And ultimately nothing super crazy and dramatic happens, but they definitely kind of were one of like the families on the show that was like most skeptical of the process this time around. My first question is, Dahlia, did you grow up eating cow tongue sandwiches? Because I did as an Eastern European Jew. Yeah, I guess to give a little more of my Russophone credentials. I grew up going to Brighton every weekend, Brighton Beach. My dad's family, I'm half Russian, my dad's family immigrated in the 80s. And I was actually surprised that they chose downtown Brooklyn or north of the park Brooklyn. It feels very far removed from the actual kind of nucleus of like Russophone New York, which would be south of the park or Brighton, Bensonhurst, Sheepshead Bay, Gravesend, that general center of gravity, which for people who are not from New York is not really like the cosmopolitan center of the city and kind of far from Manhattan. And I was surprised to see Sarge's, which is the deli in Midtown that they go to being featured because why would you travel an hour and a half to eat the same tongue sandwich that you would get at net cost, which is kind of like a Russian Jewish grocery store. As far as like what I made of the actual like substance of the visit with her family, I mean, I thought that they gave Zach hard time and he couldn't hang basically. Like they had this very skeptical sense of him and of this process and they weren't sure that their daughter was being treated right. But Zach couldn't stand up to them and say, actually, I do care for her. And this is a legitimate emotional thing that I feel X, Y, or Z. Instead, he couldn't name her birthday or her middle name, which for Russians, a big deal. That's all to say, like, it was a complete clash of cultures and something that I'm not even convinced that the producers even could have anticipated. Because my thought is they're pitching her as this American Jewish girl, when in reality, like, the specific kind of texture of the Soviet experience or like the immigrant experience is going to like render this entire encounter completely differently. I definitely don't think he did great. Like having watched him the whole season, it's like not particularly surprising. And I don't look, some people really hate Zach. I think Zach, I don't think it's really Zach's fault. It's more just like the broader context of them always picking these really boring dudes to be on this show. But what I liked about the hometown diet was I really did think they called out the bullshit. I mean, because like this idea that this process is going to like work is generally bullshit and so I think that like when the families are kind of like skeptical and hard on them it's honestly like pretty refreshing most of the time or like it gives a voice to this like skepticism that the viewer has as well so I appreciated that something that's super interesting was like I know they're not American Jewish but sort of the Jewish um, verbal acuity at display in this encounter with Zach where her brother is really like trying to sort of get at him in this really particular way, talking fast, being really skeptical, being really quizzical, interrupting, like really explaining that he understands her worth. He also brings up her Jewishness in a sense of like, what are you going to do about that? And there's this moment in the conversation where it seems like he's kind of asking him if he's going to convert. 
Yeah, the brother's asking Zach, right? He's like, what are you going to do about the fact that you come from such different backgrounds? And it's so interesting, right? Again, we're like, it's different backgrounds, not different religious traditions or even different like immigrant traditions, right? Like Zach is this blank box of generic Americanness, just like a white ethnic guy. I think he's Catholic. He's British. Oh, oh right. He is British. We learned in that. He, there's a fun fact that he learned about being British from 23andMe or something. Right. So- <laughs> He's a, he's a British Catholic, which, okay. And again, it's like background over and over again. And he seems to revere in this really bizarre way that she's from this immigrant experience. I will say also, I am a huge Zach hater. I think he is incredibly insecure. And we see a pattern of him not being able to take any feedback or criticism at all. And he always sends women home every single time they have anything to say. That's not like 100% I'm in love with you. Like, let's get married right now. Which makes it even more interesting that he keeps her on the show after her family is so critical of him. Yeah, I've been desperately trying to like Zach. I really want to like him. I want to like everybody on the show, but I just can't bring myself to to like him. I really appreciate, Dahlia, the context of like this day feeling so actually removed from her specific identity as this Soviet daughter of immigrant Jew. The thing that's so interesting to me about this date is that because of her specific identity because she's like the first person that's spoken openly about being Jewish in this way on this show. What they did with her date, which I mean, she doesn't plan her date. Like they plan the date, the producers plan the date. And so what they did with her was they were like, we're gonna have to make it Jewish. Let's make it the most generic American New York Jewish day, Ashkenazi, like very like this white coated sort of we're going to a deli. And I think that like there's something very interesting about the fact that they even managed to exoticize that experience that is so in my eyes as a white Jew who's few generations removed from immigration, very American and just and feels pretty true to the normative American Jewish experience when hers is so specific and so different from that, in theory, based on everything that she's told us about her background. Whereas with contestants whose Jewishness is less apparent or less a part of their immediate identity, or like they aren't the daughter of immigrants, they don't talk about their Judaism at all. Like this is as far as they will go effectively. Yeah, I actually think that's an interesting time to throw something else into the mix, which is that there is another Jewish contestant on this season that has really not been discussed much in that way at all. Shout out to Jewish Currents reader Kit Ginsky, who tipped me off about this after seeing reference to it in Ariel Wrinkle's Instagram comments. Did some research and I did some research and it turns out that Greer Blitzer, the recipient of Zach's first impression rose and subject of like a racism controversy on this season is also Jewish from the Jewish community in Houston. But that's just like never mentioned, was not a part of her intro package. I have not seen any Hey Alma articles about that at all. And so I think that that was something that was pretty interesting. And for people who are not familiar, basically Greer is someone who kind of came in as this very kind of like traditional Southern gal. She's like, yeah, I live in New York, but like, I really miss the South. Like I want to go back there. And then while she was on the show, information came out about social media posts that she had made tweets defending a high school classmate who had worn blackface. And 
And I believe that she also had been photographed like wearing MAGA stuff. And so I thought that was like pretty fascinating in some ways because it's like sort of like these two paths of like American Jewish representation. There are American Jews that really can be sufficiently assimilated into whiteness to totally just like pick up the mantle of like the Southern white racist girl edit and basically play that role the whole season and like nobody knows otherwise and nothing is discussed otherwise. Whereas with Ariel, obviously this becomes like a huge part of her edit. And I mean, I think there's a few things there. I think there, it is the fact that she comes from this more recent immigrant background and that that's something that she actually talks about. Also, I mean, it seems like there is this kind of like New York thing. It's like, oh, like a Jewish girl from Houston, like she's just a Houston girl, but like New York, wow, like the big city, that's really different. I wonder if her background is someone who has like a more recent like immigrant story disarms her a little bit and makes her a little less threatening to an American audience more broadly, because we can ascribe her otherness, not just to the fact that she's Jewish, but also that she has this different national identity going on. And that allows us to think about New York as this place of incredible kind of like multiculturalism and still think about Houston as a place that has its own kind of like specific Southern identity. I went to college in the South and a lot of people I knew there hadn't known Jews in their like day-to-day lives before coming to college. And I thought of them and their kind of interest in understanding Jewish culture through certain pre-prescribed boxes or ways of being, so to speak, that kind of get flattened out when you're from a place like Houston with a large Jewish community, but maybe not the most distinct Jewish community. Uh, I, sorry, I do want to just also correct myself and be clear that I know that Houston is like a very diverse city. In fact, one of probably the most diverse cities in the world. So I don't want to you know, paint the South with one broad brush, but I do think Greer is from like a pretty white suburb is my understanding. And just as far as the why I think some of the hometown date took place in Manhattan as opposed to Brighton or South Brooklyn, which is a less like affluent area, one might say, to put it lightly. It's clear that Ariel's family is like quite wealthy. Her dad came to the U.S. after college and works in a, as a financier and uh, an investor. And a lot of people who fled the Soviet Union between 1970 and like 1996, let's say, didn't have that experience exactly. So I wouldn't be surprised if she herself had a different experience in the U.S. that isn't necessarily being revealed, we'll say, on the show, or she's necessarily like being upfront with. Yeah. The way that she talks about her Jewishness, it's really interesting. It's very clear to her. It's like an ethnic affiliation tied to her parents' immigration status and her growing up in possibly an immigrant community, though that's never really hinted at. It's like she doesn't really talk about the community that much. She often just talks about her family. And so what I think is really interesting is that the Jewish contestant that we see that is the most visibly Jewish in the show is actually most visibly Jewish, not in terms of like actual practicing of traditions or being observant in any way, but actually her Jewishness is very much about her immigration status, her parents' history and family history of persecution, and her own arrival in like the most cosmopolitan city of all cosmopolitan cities, the melting pot of all melting pots, which is also coded Jewish, right? New York City itself is Jewish. Jewishness is coded cosmopolitan. So I do find that interesting then also because she is of a different class background, in what way does she actually identify with the U.S. and as an American, right? That's something that a question that I always have around people who are the children of immigrants. Like my father immigrated from Yugoslavia. He's a Serbian Jew. And I know there are a lot of people who live in the United States and talk about Americans, even though they themselves are U.S. citizens, right? There's sort of the separation. And Zach's reverence 
for the way that she separates herself out is also really fascinating to me. And part of her bizarro kind of sexualization as this exotic person who arrives in this cosmopolitan city. I think this might be a good segue, actually, to talk a little bit about Ariel's Israel-related controversy, because we don't actually get a lot from her in terms of, like, you know, her actual relationship to Jewishness, necessarily. One thing that we have found is that she wrote an article for the Algebiner, which is a right-wing Jewish site, in 2014, when Israel was bombing Gaza that summer. And basically, Ariel was calling for more pro-Israel rallies to be held. And in the op-ed, she kind of just reiterates some sort of typical pro-Israel Hasbara talking points. She says in it, the truth is, if that Israel were to put down its arms, there would be no more Israel. If the Arabs were to put down their arms, there would be no more war. I believe she's my age, so she probably would have been a college student at that point. Anyway, this has now been scrubbed from the internet. And so I'm curious what people's reactions are to like finding out that Ariel, this contestant, had published this Algeminer article. I remember finding this on her LinkedIn and sending it to you, Mari. I was completely unsurprised. We know that she went to this private school. We know that she went to GW. It didn't it didn't surprise me at all, not only that she was having this opinion, but that she was sharing it and getting it published. I find the scrubbing part so fascinating. Like, was it scrubbed before the show, right before? I mean, we know that there is a tolerance for racism against Palestinians, a pretty high tolerance for that in the U.S., in white Jewish communities. Was that understood as something that maybe would be taboo enough to erase it, but not quite taboo, taboo enough to actually do a public apology for it? And so it's occupying this really weird, bizarre space where it just doesn't exist, but we know that it does to the point where like, I haven't seen any mainstream publications talk about her writing this piece. And also we're in this moment right now in Israel politics where I'm, again, not an expert, but shit seems to be really popping off in terms of like there are mass protests. And so we're also in this particular moment in Israel politics while the show is playing out that I find to be like an interesting moment for it to be pulled. I was pretty fascinated reading some of the Bachelor subreddit comments about this article. And I was actually heartened in a way because this issue does not get discussed in that community a lot. And I do think like also the Bachelor Reddit users tend to be a lot more progressive than like the Bachelor viewership more broadly for whatever reason, or even compared to the people in like Bachelor Instagram comments. So it's worth taking it with a grain of salt. But I was pretty impressed. I mean, there were like a good amount of people who were commenting and saying like, I'm Palestinian American, I'm Arab American. And this is just like really frustrating to always see that like this stuff happens and that people can like get away with saying these things, you know, racist tropes around Palestinians. And then there were also like a good amount of people being like, I am an anti-Zionist Jew. And like, this is the kind of brainwashing that happens. And this is probably like why she wrote that because she was probably taught to, but that it's still really bad and we can still criticize it. You know, maybe we can hope that we can see from her that she's changed. There definitely were some people coming in and being like, it's anti-Semitic of you to say that, but it certainly wasn't like the dominant view. So I was really interested and somewhat heartened to know that like this broader community was critical on this. On the other hand, I feel like it still hasn't totally like become something that has become a problem for like Ariel's bachelor influencer career in the way that other people's controversies have. My initial impression when I noticed that this article had been taken down was to be like, oh, fuck yeah, like people are realizing that you 
can't say this anymore. But the fact of the matter is with this particular franchise, you do just have to scrub any evidence of any kind of politics (laughs) from your life. There is some pretty hard evidence of people like changing their voter affiliation before coming on the show. Like this is such a classic to just like not choose a side. And it's interesting for her to be so coded as the Jewish Bachelor contestant that this becomes the particular political thing that she is wrapped up in is this article that she wrote for this publication. But I think that the fact of her taking it down is really just evidence of the Bachelor's stance on kind of having a political perspective on anything. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a great season for Jewish political representation. Yeah, I think that the fact that the two Jewish contestants on the show engage in, right, like American racism and also... Zionism is is really interesting. And I know I keep like talking about this, but I'm just really fascinated about how like sexualized she is in this show. Like she is shown as something different, something mysterious, something like other different than the typical contestant that we see on the show. And yet she is incredibly white and she is in many ways engaging in what it means to be a white American Jew in the United States. And yet the show is so tied to this white Christian heteropatriarchy that like her appearance in it is really confounding. And like in the spoilers for the next episode, it's framed as in she is the one who has sex with Zach. That's what it seems like is going to happen. And the way that they talk about her is all leading up to this their intense chemistry, all of this stuff. And it ends up being the other white brunette girl, Gabby. But I just think like the racial politics, in addition to sort of the ethnic and like religious politics of her person in this show is really, really striking. There's a lot of discourse online about how she's like really fiery and they have this great repartee, but it's really her making jokes and Zach kind of like awkwardly being like, ah, like are we flirting right now? And it speaks to some level of like, how she is inherently sexual because she is making these jokes and has this sense of humor and has this way of engaging with him that the show doesn't know how to like engage with it other than saying, well, it must be sexy, right? Because it has this freeze on to it. When in reality, maybe some of us more cosmopolitan Jews might see that as just a, a way of engaging with a friend. I, I would say it's also not surprising that she has this kind of like very bland Zionism going on that seems to just be a repetition or rehearsal of things that you hear in, frankly, like the Russian Jewish community and Russophone Jewish community all the time. And instead of religion, what you get is this kind of like version of Zionism that demonstrates our own affiliation as Jews. Because getting back to like our conversation about how Judaism isn't portrayed on the show as a religious identity, but rather almost as an ethnic identity, or at least there's no discussion of like what it means to like engage in any sort of Jewish religious practice. Like this on some level is exactly the Jewish religious practice that you get in Russian Jewish communities these days for people who are less in the mix of, let's say, Chabad or like the UJF kind of uh, re-religious kind of education that people received when they came to America. I wanted to go back to what we were saying about her being the Jewish temptress because I think it's so interesting and it's connected to what I was saying earlier about the way that the producers do work with their audience's pre-established kind of stereotypes and archetypes of the people that they have on the show. Because as you were alluding to Dahlia, like the way that she is acting is not inherently erotic. It's not inherently sexual, but they are playing it up. They like literally, as as you mentioned, Hannah, like they have in the spoiler 
clues that everybody was buying into that she was going to be the one that Zach sleeps with. And it's like they are able to use the kind of hypersexualization of the other, of this exotic woman that they know their audience is already going to, to have in their mind as they're watching and play it up for drama. And that is very classically the way that this show deals with religious minorities and other kinds of minorities. Definitely. I think we're coming to the end of our time here. And so maybe just to close, I'm curious if each of you have thoughts about what we might want to see instead uh, from The Bachelor going forward. Is there the opportunity within this format for them to sort of like do something different or for it to not come off this way? Do we think that there is like hope or possibilities for there to continue to be more interesting Jewish representation on The Bachelor? And to be honest, I don't really know how to answer this question that I'm posing because I just am not sure how interested in or trusting of I am of this like show actually doing representation better. I want it to not continue to platform racist contestants and put people through those sorts of harms. And I also want it to stop like, you know, being the propaganda arm of white Christian heteropatriarchy. But I also wonder if that's even really possible within this format. And, you know, maybe in some ways me watching it has to do with this sort of weird, like peering over the fence into this like really pure heart of like problematic American culture or something. I don't know. I guess I don't have a lot of faith in these things improving within the format and background of the show. Yeah. It's been really fascinating to me to watch this show try to like meet the cultural moment because I I do feel like diversifying this show is, it sounds like kind of callous to say, but it does feel like it's a little bit at odds with the central premise of the show, which is that it is a love letter to Christian cis heteropatriarchy. And like, I sort of think that to truly tell a story that is in conflict with that is to undermine the central premise of the show and reveal the central lie. And so I think that one of the reasons that the show is fun to watch for me right now, despite everything that you were saying about how it sort of makes me tap into the worst parts of myself and my culture and culture at large, is that we are currently at a moment where we're watching this show try to negotiate a fandom that wants it to change and it's like kind of fundamental inability to be different because it has to maintain certain assumptions about the supremacy of whiteness and marriage and the Christian family and the nuclear family. And watching it navigate that is fucking fascinating, but I don't expect them to be better at it because I don't think it's possible. (laughs) Dahlia, do you think that you'll stay in the nation or is that about enough for you? I don't find myself to be a stakeholder, unfortunately, in this conversation. At the same time, it's a fascinating anthropological document. Yeah, I think anthropological document is the exact right word, which is really what keeps me kind of invested in watching it. Yeah, I think the last thing I would say is that like, what is the show for? And I think it's for what a model of desirability looks like. It's sending messages every week to the American audience of this is what makes you dateable. This is what makes you desirable. This is what makes you wanted. And so what messages about this Jewish person are we receiving in this context. And it surfaces so many ideas about what it means to be a 
woman, right? There's also gender in here that we haven't really talked about at all, along with sexuality. And it's giving us a blueprint for what it would mean for us to be marriage material, right? Especially when they're getting younger and younger girls on the show. And especially as we're having the sort of Puritan turn post-pandemic, people are having way less sex, etc. So what is a Jewish girl on the show do and what does she signify? And is she American or is she not? Is she white? Is she so white that she's almost indistinguishable from the other white character and yet she's seen as this mysterious other? I just think there's this really bizarre way that she isn't quite able to fit in any of the categories or signifiers that they usually use. Absolutely. Thank you so much, all of you, for being here. Thank you, Dahlia, Hannah, and Dandra. This has been really fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review on the nose and also subscribe to Jewish Currents. You can visit us at jewishcurrents.org. Thanks so much and see you for the next episode of On the Nose. <laughs> <laughs>